This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? This is the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers, and the host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. And you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best. We are still in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, and that pandemic hit WWE hard this week. We'll have a lot to say about that. Welcome to episode 151 of Top Rope Nation. This is Ryan Drosty of ComicBook.com, and I am joined by Mr. Kyle Ross and Mr. Justin Joint to break down all the latest in the world of professional wrestling Justin Joint, what's going on tonight? Uh, you guys know that scene in The Shining where, where the doors open and blood comes pouring out? Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to have a nightmare of that tonight, except it's going to be my son's urine instead of blood. <laughs> so the potty <laughs> training God. is not going well. Yeah. We had a little bit of a regression today. It, it was, it's been a, been a tough day. Tough day <laughs> in the Joint household. <laughs> so this is why you started drinking early? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Kyle, have you have you started potty training out there in Cleveland? Oh, that's done. It's oh, over yeah. done. Yeah, we still have regressions, Justin, so it never stops, just so you know. There are some days, for instance, when you're getting into a heated discussion about the production of a podcast and you miss your daughter peeing all over the bathroom floor. I don't <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, mentioning anybody, but you know, or anything specific. That may have happened over here today. (laughs) So, guys, if you never tuned in to Top Rope Nation before, of course, we are a bi-weekly show now. We put out shows every Thursday morning and every Monday morning. So we are here with you to talk usually on the Thursdays about current events, current topics. A lot of times on the Monday show, we kind of deep dive into a historical topic. Uh, but uh, I think our next two shows coming on this week and next week, it's pretty much going to be current events focused because there is a lot going on in the world of wrestling. I do have one thing to mention, though, yes. Ryan. I yes, apologize first. Just, I just want people to remember one thing when they listen to these shows. Heyman's not crying. He was just in the back smoking a joint with Van Damme. That's all you need to know. <laughs> COVID-19, Paul Heyman, that's all on the agenda tonight. Um, COVID-19 and WWE and their maybe lack 
of handling the situation properly. You know, that's kind of been talked about now for months. You know, WWE has been getting a lot of criticism for running the shows, continuing to bring in talent from across the country down to Orlando to produce these shows. But they've had, you know, relatively good luck as far as not having confirmed cases of coronavirus until this week. And on Tuesday, we got some unfortunate news out of WWE. A developmental talent tested positive for COVID-19. According to Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet, this was not someone who regularly works NXT television, but uh, WWE did send out a formal announcement about this. They sent out a press release. Uh, this was kind of breaking at the end of Monday Night Raw on Monday. It's the second person that works for WWE to test positive for COVID-19 since the pandemic began. And uh, in the aftermath of all of this, it kind of came out that WWE, in fact, had not been testing their employees for COVID-19. They were only doing temperature checks when talent and workers arrived at the Performance Center and, quote, other measures. <laughs> so, guys, do, right, do, do, do. <laughs> right off the bat, you know, your initial reactions when you heard this news. Uh, Justin, you want to you take it away first? Well, I, I was just confused. How, how do you get a positive test if you're not testing? I don't know if this person maybe went for their own independent test. Because they were having that's a symptom. what I assume. Yeah, that, that was my I assumption. had the same question. <laughs> Actually, it's Justin at first. Like, wait, if they're not testing, how are these people finding out? Yeah, that, that's what I would assume. Is they were having symptoms and they went and got their own test. Um, but uh, on WWE's part, you know, running all of these shows since March is pretty remarkable that they were not giving actual tests. And uh, yeah, bad, bad news. Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah. Um. The NBA, there was a positive COVID test back in March. You guys are both sports fans. Maybe you could uh, help me out with this question. How many games have the NBA played since then? Zero. Big, big zero. Yeah, that's just a very interesting uh, dichotomy, I guess, between the two sports and entertainment organizations. Yeah. And WWE had to cancel their Tuesday tapings because of all this. It pushed everything back to Wednesday, which... As we record right now, it is right now it is Wednesday night, and even more drama broke out on Wednesday. Uh, this actually just broke before we hit record tonight. Uh, earlier today, word was that there was a top star who refused to work the tapings today. It turns out that was Kevin Owens via Fightful Select who had the note on that. And uh, you know, WWE has said since the start. That uh, if talent were not comfortable working during the conditions, they, they had the option to refuse and that they wouldn't be punished. Uh, we did see Sami Zayn, though, lose the Intercontinental Championship because he didn't want to work. But, uh, you know, apparently the word is they're not going to hold that against him. Kevin Owens, he didn't want to work. So he wasn't there today. Uh, he, really, really long day of tapings down at the Performance Center today. They started off taping main event. They moved into 205 Live. Uh, then next can't week's, forget those. Yes. Then next week's Raw. Then the Raw Talk, the new show they're doing on the network post Raw. If three hours isn't enough for you on Monday nights, and then uh, they went into NXT for tonight on Wednesday. It was it was airing on a slight tape delay, and then I guess after that's done, they are taping next week's NXT and Wrestle Votes, who has broken numerous stories on uh, WWE in the past. They noted on Twitter that it was just a complete circus at the Performance Center today. 
They said, quote, how can I put this nicely? A complete, unbelievable lack of leadership, full-blown cluster F. (laughs) They should be embarrassed. Total clown show. And that was a source reporting on what was going on. Um, They wrote back, you know, saying everything was basically a mess when they were asked how things were going. So I find it fascinating. The source put the star in, in place of the U in cluster F. <laughs> yes. self center. I would never do that as you know. So, I mean, like I said, Tuesday tapings had to be canceled by the way. Yes, of course you wouldn't Kyle, because <laughs> was that last week's show when you dropped the F bomb right away on the, on the Justin joints first First pick in the Ric Flair draft. I was editing that show, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> "Should I?" Of- I was like, "Should I bleep this out?" And I was like, "No, it's way funnier if I leave it in." <laughs> Shades of Bobby Heenan yelling, "Damn it!" When Flair actually came out at number three. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> Same yeah, thing. Kyle would have just mine was uh, the R-rated version. It. That's right. But hey, we do have the explicit rating on this podcast, so I let it fly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously. Things at WWE not running the smoothest this week. Uh, not not going great. Tuesday tapings canceled. Everything moves back to Wednesday. They're testing talent all day long today. In the morning, they get the taping up, tapings underway, and you know, reportedly the results were still co- coming in while all of that was happening. My God, Kyle Ross, you got anything to add here? Yeah, how about these? Um, non-employee fans that started uh, simmering in the <laughs> what building a week on Monday to start Night that. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, you bring them in the same time that you announce. Uh, oops, there's a positive COVID test. Now there are conflicting reports we should point out on whether or not these friends of employees, uh, employees of WWE, were told not to wear masks. Meltzer and Alvarez, I know, read something. Uh, on their show, there's been some disputing of that. Um, actually, in like, I think it's like a local Florida paper, isn't it? The guy, John mm-hmm. Elba or something is his name? Yeah, yeah, John uh, Elba. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know what to believe there. Um, if WWE did that, that would obviously be like really gross. And if that was proven, they would look very bad. Um, <laughs> in the midst of this positive test news, you also have 71-year-old Ric Flair. Jesus. In the building and being part of the a key part of the TV show. Did I get that age right? 71? Well, but yes. that, he hasn't gone yes. through any major surgeries or anything lately, so he should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rick has been in tremendous health through the years. There is That's no the Justin Joint I know and love right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What what a cluster F to say the least. Yeah, from what I was reading, I guess the plan is, you know, they've been mixing in the friends and family in the performance center audience this week. And eventually what they want to do is kind of phase out the NXT talent and have it just be friends and family until they're able to move to full sale where they'll have, you know, the larger crowd and then eventually return to touring. But uh, if you've been following in the news in the United States this week with the increasing uh, COVID-19 cases, if you have hopes of WWE hitting the road again, they're... I don't know. Those hopes are taking a dive this week from what I've been reading. So, so, so you were very critical of some people online. I was. On Twitter. You have to be subscribed to Ryan's personal Patreon account to uh, get those takes. 
just follow me at Ryan Drosty. I've been getting a little hot under the collar this week with uh, what's been going on in the pandemic because I want things to get back to normal and they're not going to get back to normal unless people follow the freaking protocols, Kyle. I mean, there were some people at Facebook.com that disagreed with you. You did, yeah. You you were reading that. You were lurking, were you? I I was almost going to write something like late at night after like if you schedule like a total troll job of those people. I was like, no, I'm trying not to do that anymore. I'm trying to be a better person. (laughs) I would have liked to see you make an appearance there, but uh... this is America. We need to be free. (laughs) So yeah, go ahead, Justin. Well, you know what's weird to me about and why I'm not sure I buy the you can't wear masks thing is they have like at least two dozen different kinds of masks for sale on their website. You'd think they would want to capitalize that and, 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 you know, market them basically. So you're saying Agreed. it's a, a tad bit hypocritical if that is the case. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I also kind of raised an eyebrow at that one, but to me, I think there's a question we need to ask ourselves here. Okay. The WWE is actually saving a lot of money during this pandemic by not running live events. You know, I mean, some of these folks who run the numbers better than anybody, um, like at WrestleMomics, they're just saying that this is going to be WWE's most profitable year ever because of all the money they're saving. So how bad does that make them look that they're not paying for these COVID tests while saving all this money? Yeah. I mean, well, and also, why, why would they go back to doing live shows if it saves them money not to do it? Why would they ever go back to it? Well, I mean, hypothetically, I think they they got to recognize the product suffering, right? No, no. I, I mean, I think, oh, to answer that question, I mean, they're not spending money like hiring all the different, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into running live events. And live events are a loser, you know, like the house shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, they're saving I mean, they're saving a lot of money. Not to mention the cost, all the, all the cuts well, they and made. And that's what, in April and that's what too. I was referring to was house shows. Like, what is there? Do they even go back to running house shows? I mean, <sighs> they scaled way back before, uh, you know, COVID nineteen even took hold. I mean, yeah, it, it's yeah. nothing close to what you know. Obviously, it used to be in the old days, or even a few years ago. I mean, some of those pictures of the SmackDown house shows a couple of years ago. Remember, like those always would get publicized. The Monday house shows. Mm-hmm. It looked like, you know, there'd be 50 people in the building. Um, it's kind of just a relic of the past. I mean, there had, yeah, there had been talk about scaling those back even before this. Interestingly, AEW was about to start running some house shows um, before all of this hit. So they were they were going to move into that market. WWE had been scaling back. I think WWE will, con- will they'll continue to run them, but definitely less i think as they've continued to do over the last couple of years for sure like kyle mentioned they're losing money on some of these but that that will for sure be the last thing you know to come back they'll they'll schedule some television tapings when they're able to but i i don't imagine how she's coming back for a very long time right now so uh yeah uh anything else to add on this topic any other thoughts on how bad wwe looks Right now, it's not been a good week. Not been a good week. No, Roman Reigns looks good. Outside of his decision <laughs> yes. to step away, as the Sami Zayn. I mean, yeah, these these are the guys making the correct decisions for sure. And uh, I mean, you know, I hope there's not 
more positive cases that come out of the, all of this testing, but uh, you know, we'll have Certainly. to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what happens because we know this thing spreads quickly. Mm-hmm. And that was the holdup at today's tapings is there were some people still waiting for the results back. Um, there were reports that today was set to be the longest taping day in the history of the company, even eclipsing some of those old marathons oh they did gosh. back in the early 90s when they would tape like four weeks worth of television and a bunch of dark matches. Yeah. Did you guys ever go to any of those tapings during yeah. that era, like early 90s? Justin, didn't you go to one in like Cedar Rapids? Mm, or is that just no. a house show? I, I went to uh, Sold Out. Okay. I was thinking you went to a, like a WW, WWF show in the early 90s where they taped a oh. bunch of that stuff. No, it was just a normal house show. Okay, okay. Yeah, you look at you know history of WWE or whatever, and you see those events where they're taping four and five TV shows. That, yeah, that's a pretty remarkable stat that this was still going to be the longest day ever. But I guess you look at how long these programs run these days, and it makes sense. So, Some are calling it the greatest day of taping ever. Oh, God. Some have said that, yes. Especially those uh, friends and family members standing at ringside for hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't there some report that like when they first had the NXT trainees and it was like 10 hours they were standing? Yeah, that's just insanity. Like, why? There's no purpose. Yeah, that's that's real bad. So, hey, before we go any further, let me get some plugs out of the way. Of course, we are members of the Blue Wire podcasting network. And as you guys heard at the top of the show, we've got a brand new show on the network now. Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs has brought his podcast to Blue Wire. I've got I'm a massive diehard Chicago Cubs fan. I've sent out an open invite for Mr. Hap to come on Top Rope Nation and talk a little pro wrestling with us. So stay tuned on that. Would love to have him on the show, but of course, check out his new podcast if you're into baseball. Blue Wire has shows on the NBA as well as the NHL, the NFL, movies, entertainment. They have the show for you. Check out bluewirepods.com. And as far as our show goes, if you're listening for the first time or maybe you've listened several times and you haven't done it yet, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Overcast, TopRopeNation.com. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. And I did mention at the end of the broadcast last week that uh, we're going to be doing a special promotion once we get to... 100 ratings on Apple Podcasts. So if you have an iPhone, this is very, very simple. Let me tell you what you need to do. Go to the podcast app and search Top Rope Nation. Scroll to the bottom of our show page. You'll see the five stars. Hit the five star. That's it. It'll take you less than 30 seconds. We would greatly appreciate it. Right now, we're around 70 ratings. When we get to 100 ratings, we're going to be giving away a Top Rope Nation gift pack to one lucky listener. But we're not going to do it until we get to 100 ratings. So do it if you have an iPhone. You can also do it on your uh, laptops or desktops if you have iTunes on there. Leave us five stars. And if you want to support the show, you can also head on over to patreon.com slash Nation for details on how you can get even more shows from us. We record exclusive bonus content for our patrons over on Patreon, uh, notably the Top Rope Nation Classics podcast, where we go back and we review old shows. And we do this a little bit differently than some of the other podcasts that do this kind of thing. Not only do we review the matches on the shows, we give you all the context. We talk about what was going on in the world 
when those events happened as well. It's a very well-rounded experience. They're a ton of fun. We love doing them. We've done Top Rope Nation Classics in the past on Super Brawl 2, SummerSlam 91, SummerSlam 97, Backlash 02, the first Nitro, all kinds of shows. There's almost 20 of them in the archives. So when you sign up at Patreon, you get access to those shows right away as well as the show we're recording next week for Patreon supporters, which will be a look back at King of the Ring 93. So if you want to hear that show and all of them in the archives, head on over to patreon.com slash Nation. And with that said, I got to throw a special shout out to our partners over at Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So the next topic on the agenda is one that Kyle's going to lead the discussion on. Kyle, take it away. Okay, so as you both know, at least I think by now you would both know, Paul Heyman is no longer the lead writer for Monday Night Raw. What? <laughs> okay. What happened? This is breaking news. Um, and I've tried to do a little bit of work, put my you know boots to the ground, ear to the ground, find some things out, what's real, what's not uh, on this subject. And I think some of the things that I'd like to share this week may shock some people. Um, not always saying I agree with it, but you do get a sense of the WWE perspective of why it didn't work with Paul Heyman in that lead writer role for Raw. The quote that I got was he had to go, which is pretty strong. And Ryan, I know you tweeted out something that we'd heard that there's a long list of issues that led to this removal. And the key is most of them are centered around poor communication, what was perceived, I should say, as poor communication uh, from Paul Heyman and or being difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts there. Uh, we can get into some specifics. I think that would probably surprise some people because um, you know Paul Heyman has – at least among wrestling fans, like this really, I don't want to say sterling, but like a pretty good reputation. He's, look, of course, you know, with ECW and then people that have been longtime fans, they look back to, uh, you know, when he was in control of SmackDown in the early 2000s. And I saw a lot of disappointment with uh, his removal from creative. Uh, you, you know, people we're going to talk about this in a minute, but people wondering what's going to happen to the, the talent that we're getting pushed under him. Um, but I think people would be surprised to learn that it wasn't just, he wasn't getting along with the McMahons. You know, there, there's this long standing issue that's been published before about, you know, him 
disagreeing with Stephanie and Vince. But uh, this problem, from the sounds of it, Kyle, this goes a little wider than that. That uh, he was having issues with many of the numerous people in creative and backstage wasn't it wasn't exactly smooth runnings. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. So there's the reporter issue with AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to make of that. You know, there started to be discussion of that um, the day that Heyman was removed or the day after, whatever it was, and it even made its way to Meltzer's desk. And he was like, well, yeah, you know, AJ was really pissed at Paul because Anderson and Gallows left. And, you know, AJ kind of blamed Paul for not fighting for him more, I guess. And, um, you know, Meltzer kind of took Heyman's, uh, you know, position or he kind of backed up Heyman there, which he isn't wrong for doing. It's not like Paul Heyman can ultimately save their job. That's a Vince McMahon call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Heyman, you I mean, look, <laughs> Heyman stand for a lot of guys before. And that, you know, doesn't always work out well for that. Talent. What's weird is in AJ's not really known for having an irrational view on something either. No, and what I, I mean, I was kidding. Oh, that, yeah, 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 that's right. What do you make of this? Per, the reports that you got me there. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, and which, what do you think about this one talent that was reported as thinking this whole COVID nineteen thing is quote a work? Oh, well, there's one that, particular there's that. one particular talent that in the past we maybe would have laid that blame towards, but he's done a face turn in recent. Uh, Recent months, so I'm not going to throw that name out there, but uh, that is really just, bad. That's AJ Styles. It's just I wanted to make good for not getting Justin's joke. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, AJ is, his world views are, are so good, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, the, I, I do want to say though, this is interesting because AJ is the type of guy. You know, like he's a he's a, a worker's worker. You know, he's like the t- the type of people that hardcore wrestling fans. This is the type of guy that people gravitate towards, and you would think that. You know, AJ would be one of those types of talent that would really like someone like Paul that, you know, would ensure that he's towards the top of the card because he's such a good performer. But in fact, AJ having issues with Paul Heyman, that that's kind of shocking for a lot of people, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Justin, what was your initial reaction when you heard about the whole Paul Heyman situation? Did you have some disappointment? Did you think it wasn't that big of a deal? I mean, at this point, it's just business as usual for the WWE. I mean, nothing when it comes to the backstage chaos surprises me these days. Um, there is something that I know uh, maybe Kyle will be bringing up here in a second, but it, one of the problems was just the way he was laying out these shows. And I don't think it's on him, but one of the things that has really bugged me about Raw uh, for a while now is that it just seems like every week there is – a match that sets up in the match immediately following like it's a singles match. And then that leads into a tag team match because there's, you know, two people interfered. I hate that trope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just felt like we were getting that every single week. Yeah. So Kyle, Kyle, tell us about the situation of the USA network. Okay. So what's really interesting about Heyman's position is that it's not just a creative position. People outside of WWE may not understand this, may not know it, but there's a lot of sort of being like a liaison with the network you work for. You know, for instance, if on your SmackDown, 
Um, you know, when Bruce was just doing SmackDown, I assume he had a regular dialogue with the Fox network. And Paul was expected to kind of have a regular dialogue with USA. And it was kind of a one-way street, I guess, where Heyman was only talking to the network when they called him. I've seen some speculations that they there was some input regarding the 24-7 title. I can't verify that. Um, to be honest with you, I've only seen the speculation, but we know that was a USA idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the twenty four seven title, and you know when you're when you get beholden to these networks, um, you know they're gonna feel free like they should be able to give input if they're not happy with you know the ratings they're getting. Um, I can say that Meltzer's report, and I respect the hell out of Dave, but the idea that the USA Network was quote not pleased or whatever about Heyman being removed is almost certainly untrue. They kind of just view it as just another showrunner being fired from a TV show to them. Um, you know, Haven's just a spoke in the wheel, kind of like what Justin said. And even taking a step back, Ryan, remember when we did the story about Haman and Bischoff being hired in the first place? Yeah, that was a Patreon exclusive show yeah. last summer. Okay. Yeah. What did we ultimately conclude in that show, if I recall? That that it wasn't going to matter too much because Vince McMahon still had final say. And if things went south on either or both shows, what was going to happen? They're, they were going to be the fall guys, and we saw Bischoff take that fall very quickly. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even, like, really get started. Yeah. To be honest with you, I don't think he had a ton of input. I mean, yeah, no, you know, he, he, was liked, gone he liked quick. to get a lot of haircuts, and he yeah. liked to hang out in catering, from what I understand. Okay? <laughs> but, you know, I don't I don't think, you know, he had too much creative impact. Certainly nothing the likes of what Heyman had uh, with Raw. But these communication issues aren't just USA Network. They were other departments in WWE, apparently, uh, such as the merchandising team. You know, if merchandising has a question, you know, who should we be coming up with stuff for? They probably want to know who's going to be pushed. Um, And that's kind of Paul's job, I guess, to talk with them or whoever is in that position. Um, Maybe you don't think that's fair. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I guess that's part of his job. And there was that brand-to-brand invitation. Remember that short-lived experiment that I think lasted two shows? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe they might pick it back up. But I guess, you know, I'd seen reports that Heyman wasn't really available to discuss with the SmackDown writing team what they were going to do with that. Because obviously that's something that you have to work out between the two shows. Mm-hmm. So, again, it goes back that it's not just creative and writing the TV that Paul was. There were these other tasks, and there was the perception he was difficult to work with. He kind of had his own agenda. He wasn't communicating well. And that did play a large reason on why he was removed. Now, the other fact of the matter is Raw had not been that good, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think, but it had become a bore to watch. And I thought bottomed out on Heyman's last Raw. I don't know if he knew the writing was on the wall and just said, F it. But I thought his last Raw was terrible. Um and I know people want to talk younger talent and that Heyman was focusing on younger talent. But outside of McIntyre, who anyone would have looked to push, not just Heyman, I don't know if any of that young talent was really getting over his, quote, stars. And internally, the sense was they weren't. A hard no that 
you know, Heyman had said, oh, I'm going to make these guys. Hmm. And, you know, nine months later, you look at him, he hadn't made him do anything. It is, it is evident that he was pushing certain guys that maybe wouldn't have been pushed otherwise, and women as well. Um, Justin, what, what have you thought about that? What, who are some of the names that you saw kind of elevated under Paul Heyman? Maybe you were high in that, maybe you weren't, but uh, you know, what do you, how, do you, uh, how do you view what Heyman did with the young talent? Uh, I mean, there's Angel Garza and Austin Theory was getting a lot of screen time. Mm. Um, God, for me, it's just I have such a hard time judging these shows now without a crowd to kind of tell you who's getting over and what's working and what what's not. And and to, to be honest, I, I watch very little Raw. I basically I don't watch live. I go back and I watch what sounds interesting or that is kind of buzzworthy. And so, frankly, I just haven't seen very much of it because nothing, none of it has looked very appeasing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess another name to throw out there is Apollo Cruz. As as far as people that have been getting a push, so it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see what happens with some of these guys. See if they keep getting that push, or if it was just a Paul Heyman thing. Yeah. I think it's w- interesting. It's, sorry, on, go sorry. Ahead, you go ahead, Mike. You go ahead. Mike. I was going to say, I think, I think one of the successes has been what's been going on with Seth Rollins. I think uh, the Monday Night Messiah stuff has been interesting with him, and he's starting to kind of. Uh, I think he's starting to have some success with that. He's he seemed a I little agree. bit more uh, comfortable in recent weeks doing that. You know, we over the last four years of this show, we've talked an awful lot about Seth Rollins and uh, the ebbs and flows in his career. You know, uh, when he initially came back from that uh, terrible knee injury he had, he, he was immediately turned heel, which was mind boggling at the time. Cause the crowd was just dying to cheer him. He had a, like a brief heel run and then they turned a back face again. And it took him like years to really get that baby face. He, going for him and then he was he was pretty popular again but uh you know he'd started to kind of die out and just become boring and uh you know for a a performer as talented as seth rollins that was frustrating to see but i think his heel turn after Heyman took over you know last fall was a good move and I, i think that's played out pretty well you know we've seen some people elevated around him whether it's aop or uh buddy murphy uh, during that time too, so that that's a positive, I think. Now, have those people become like main event talent? No, they they weren't really supposed to be, but they've certainly been elevated, I think, um, by being put into that position. So I would say, I think I would say Seth Rollins has been kind of a success during the Heyman run. And the other name I would point to, although it's way more recently, is Asuka, You know, exiting the tag team division, getting the women's title on Raw, and uh, there was just a report out today that that uh, her spot there is, is is going to be secure moving forward. That you know, despite Heyman not being there, who was very high on Asuka, um, Vince McMahon is very high on Asuka still. He views her as incredibly reliable and a, and a good performer, and that she's not going anywhere. So that's that's good to hear because I think we talked about on this show many, many times that we wanted to see Asuka in the singles division again and be, to be a force to reckon with. And so I think Heyman was pushing her in that regard. The specter of Charlotte always <laughs> looms large. That's true. That is true. Um, I just wanted to go back at something. When Justin mentioned Apollo Cruz. it made me think of something I wanted to say earlier about AJ. Going back to that issue. The fact he was traded, you know, that's something we – 
the three of us have talked on the show should happen more with this brand but there should be trades kind of when time and circumstance dictates it right rather than just waiting and just moving a bunch of people at an annual date right like yeah. the draft mm-hmm. meaning the draft but the fact is they don't really move people like that and do those trades is the fact that AJ was traded does that kind of like seem to back up the dissension rumors that he had and the fact maybe he wasn't having a good time on raw because it was very random that he would get moved the way he did Mm -hmm. i would think so yeah because it it did seem very out of nowhere so Mm -hmm. when the story came out it made a lot more sense yeah um and you know another thing with this new talent struggling to get over you know it shouldn't be all necessarily put on Heyman. obviously uh some of the Stop, start, pushes play a role. You know, Vince changing his mind on certain guys. Or sometimes maybe the talent's just not that good themselves to be a main eventer. So that wasn't Heyman. But I go back to the fact that, you know, you look where Raw was nine months ago and where Raw was when Heyman left. I don't think it was demonstrably – it certainly wasn't demonstrably better. And I don't know if it was better at all. I You know, I I think he did put guys on TV – that weren't necessarily featured. And, you know, that may have been a case where Paul just wanted to prove to others he can get this certain talent over. Mm -hmm. But if other people in the creative process, particularly Vince McMahon, aren't on board, that's kind of counterproductive, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to show them. I'm going to get Apollo Crews over. Well, Vince doesn't like Apollo Crews. You're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're going to talk about this uh, on the Monday episode. You know, whereas, whereas there's internally, there are reasons to believe Bruce Pritchard, that is, will work better than Paul Heyman in this position. Now, obviously, Bruce kind of, as we saw on Monday, produces kind of a different style of show. And, you know, maybe some people like the in-ring heavy show of Heyman, but Justin referenced it earlier. Quote, match, match, match with no storylines is just kind of seen as an eye roller internally. Mm. And we did get a lot of that stuff. Justin talked about where it's like, here's a singles match. Okay. Uh, You know, it's like Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Well, Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black come down and interfere. Okay. Now it's a tag match. And it's the whole segment takes 35 minutes. It's a screwy finish. That means nothing in the long term. What did that accomplish? Yeah. You know, I mean, again, other than Drew McIntyre, I, I, you know, I don't know. And yeah, there was, you know, no fans and we're in this bizarre era, but I think the three of us would agree. AEW has the same issues <laughs> with not being able to run live events. And at least their booking is consistent and makes sense and is good. Whereas, you know, WWE, you just feel like things are going in a circle. We have such a high bar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like it's sad at least that, make your booking make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least they pay off storylines. Yeah. I mean, we were joking about it on the Backlash post show, right? Yeah. About how MVP is a rehab for what was supposed to be a rehab of Lashley six months ago with Lana or whatever it was, eight months ago. 
I mean, we're uh, having a rehab eight months later. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I think, you know, you referenced it, Ryan. Paul's a guy who's looked up to a lot online, and he's done a lot of good stuff in the past. Certainly, I just think that there's certain realities of the situation people may not have heard or don't know that led to his dismissal. And when you hear it from W's perspective, you can be like, yeah, you know, I kind of don't agree with the way WWE does things, but you understand why maybe Paul wasn't the guy for that job. And I know on Monday um, we're going to talk a little bit about the mythology of Heyman and how that measures up in 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great segue. That's uh, the agenda for the Monday show. We're going to be talking a lot more about this. We're going to be talking about Bruce Pritchard in particular and why Bruce Pritchard might work better in this role. We're going to talk also about a situation in WWE uh, that's a little bit hypocritical when you look back at what was happening in the 1990s. And you'll be able to hear that show Monday morning when we release episode 152. If you want to hear that show early, by the way, I mentioned our Patreon page earlier. Uh, the Monday show releases always at least 24 hours early, sometimes as much as 48 hours early to our Patreon Ooh. page. Yeah, you, you might be hearing this on Saturday. So if you want to sign up to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation, you can get that Monday show early. You get access to our show notes, the bonus shows I mentioned earlier, and a free gift in the mail. So check it I, out I gotta there. i got to say something, yeah. too, yeah. now that you're talking about the Patreon and all the tremendous gifts the fans of this show receive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, folks, <laughs> take it from me. A Top Rope Nation t-shirt is a lot better to wear than an OAN Network t-shirt. <laughs> I had no idea where this was going. and I would agree. See, I mean, who could disagree OAN? with that? OAN? That just manure network? You know how you're <laughs> supposed to say no offense? Well, offense, yeah. if you like that show. It's <laughs> Or that channel. It smells. It reeks like cow dung. Oh. It, go, if you want to treat yourself to an evening, go to the Wikipedia page of OAN Network. <laughs> I mean, Wikipedia is usually like pretty like, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Neutral? It's not a place you go to for hot takes, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, my God, Wikipedia carves this network up like a Thanksgiving Day turkey, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Wikipedia. Carves it up like Ric Flair's forehead in the 1980s. Yeah, there you like go. I mean, the, the the controversies, or no, I think it's, it's it actually just says content. The content section is the longest part of it, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, they promote this theory, and it's proven wrong. <laughs> Guys, if you want to find out where to get one of those Top Rope Nation T-shirts, well, first of all, ProWrestlingTees.com/slash/TopRopeNation, but we also have a, a, a store on Spreadshirt. If you go to our Twitter page at the, uh, I think we got it at the very top. Yeah, it's linked in our bio. There's a link tree linked where you can find all of our merch stuff, the Patreon page, all of our links to the, dif the different uh, podcasting platforms and all of that. Follow the show while you're at it. Twitter.com slash Top Rope Nation. We're also on Instagram at Top Rope Nation, Facebook as well. And you can find all of us on Twitter as well. I am at Ryan Droste. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Kyle, where can the listeners find you? At TRP Kyle. And Justin? I'm a man. I'm 40. 
<laughs> at, at Justin Joint. <laughs> so give us a follow again. Leave leave us a rating. I love that Iranian snuff film he did posing as an apology. By the way, oh, Iranian, like, like Iranian hostage video. Oh. <laughs> as I said at the top of the show. By the way, guys, yeah, leave us that uh, that rating, the five star rating, so we can get to a hundred ratings giveaway. This Top Rope Nation uh, prize pack. And what I also didn't mention, I got to throw this in before I forget, left us out of the show notes. If you leave us a written review, we send you a free sticker in the mail on Apple Podcasts. You need to leave us, though, your Twitter or Instagram username so that we can get a hold of you. We had one left uh, a couple of weeks ago, but no username, so I couldn't message the person. Leave us that username so I can send you the free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. If you want that, all you got to do is leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Do it. We'd love to send you the free sticker in the mail. So with that said, this has been episode 151 of Top Rope Nation. We'll be back Monday morning with episode 152. Have a good weekend and have a very, very happy Father's Day. Talk to you then. Peace.